This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Elman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA's Ezra El Shafi speaks with Shiva Saram, founder and executive director of the Blossom Hill Foundation. This conversation was recorded in fall 2018. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today, Shiva. We're so excited. I'm really excited to learn about your journey and the mission and work of the organization of your organization, Blossom Hill. And I know that you're celebrating your 10-year anniversary soon. So, congrats! Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, I guess I want to start off by asking you if you could start by telling us about how you got into this point and operating a nonprofit and how you started your journey with Boston Hill. Sure. Um, so I uh, am Iranian-American. I lived in Iran for um, a brief time during which a revolution and and the war happened. And so I do have memories as a young child of what that was like to have your life changed really overnight. I mean, it just that's how it felt. It felt like one minute we were going to school and coming home and having snacks and playing and, and the next minute, you know, we're hiding and fear of bombs and I still, you know, I still hear the sound of bombs. Um, and so I, I think when I left Iran, I always felt like um, I wanted to do something. I didn't fully understand it, obviously, then as a child. Um, I remember feeling a lot of guilt. I remember thinking, you know, when we were at the airport, um, why do I get to leave and my cousins don't? So I grappled with a lot of those issues over time. And um, it was really, you know, in my 30s that I decided after having two children of my own that I was going to frankly give birth to what feels like a third child for me, which is Blossom Hill. Um it just all sort of came together for me as I was sitting there on the sidelines of my, you know, daughter's ballet class or my son's soccer games that there are just so many children who don't have that. They've lost their childhood due to war and conflict. And so I think, you know, Blossom Hill has been in me for a very long time. Um, and around 10 years ago, not quite there yet, but around 10 years ago, um, I decided to really start looking at what it would take to start a nonprofit. And, you know, it's not easy. Um, you have to put a board of directors together. You have to obviously um, have all your compliance and legal papers set up. But we've had a really wonderful journey. Um, we spent the first two years really just looking at the landscape of what work was already being done out there, making sure that we didn't want to reinvent the wheel in any way. And then after two years of sort of evaluating the landscape, we made our first set of grants. And so for the first five years um, after that two-year period, we made what are considered traditional grants. We found wonderful programs in the area of academics and the arts um, and athletic programs. 
to uh, to really support the lives um, and empower children who've in some way been affected by, by war and had great success doing that. At our five-year mark, when the board, you know, was sitting down to sort of look at, okay, we had a very good first five years. What do we want? What do we envision for the next five years? That's when we switched more uh, to this model of funding fellowships. So we now fund individuals as opposed to um, organizations as we did the first five years. And so we're always looking for the most innovative ideas, the most sustainable programs, um, and really uh, funding the best individuals who are really committed to supporting the lives of war-affected children. Thank you. It's amazing. And going off of that uh, fellowship model and investing in innovative ideas, whom have been some of the fellows and what have their programs or projects kind of been focused on? Yeah, I mean, what's really wonderful about the fellowship, and we certainly, you know, we're always looking for, for more um, young, bright minds, um, to, to, to pitch us, right? Essentially, you're pitching an idea, looking for funding. So I'll just take you through a few. We obviously have um, about a dozen fellows in the portfolio doing some wonderful work around the world. And really, we'd love to fund some fellows right here in, in America. So we do have fellows that are, um, you know, from America or doing their work um, from here, but, but have global reach. So I'll just go through a few of them. We have a fellow... Um, I'll just use first names, uh, Lexi, and she uh, has, you know, she studied Arabic in, in college, uh, went to Syria and Egypt, and this is all obviously before the Arab Spring, and was just so moved by the culture and the language and the history of these countries. And so after everything happened in Syria, she just felt like she had to do something. So we are funding her to... Um, and, and the building's well underway, but essentially she has started a Montessori-inspired early education center in Azraq, Jordan, where, as you can imagine, um, the refugee populations um, continue to double. So we're really thrilled because, um, as many people know, Montessori is sort of this wonderful methodology um, for children that is all about the whole child and mixed ages and collaboration and it's really education for peace. So we're thrilled that Blossom Hill has been able to fund Lexi to start this program in ASRAC. Um, we are funding um, uh, Eris, who uh, is uh, has started already a STEM center for early learners in Lesbos, Greece. Um, so these children are now getting access to uh, all sorts of coding and technology and science classes, and it's really a wonderful way to bring refugee populations together. Um, what's really great about the work Eris is doing with Blossom Hill Funding is that he's also able to um, have unaccompanied children, which is an enormous problem. As you can imagine, there's so many 14, 15-year-old boys and girls um, that are unaccompanied. You know, their parents have died. They didn't make it through war. They didn't make it through the, the uh, resettlement. And so they are unaccompanied. And it's a wonderful way to be engaging them 
uh, to be apprentices and mentors in the program and really future teachers of the program. So we're really absolutely thrilled. Um, happy to share just another example. Fereshda, um, one of our fellows, she um, started the first coding school for girls in Afghanistan. And so with Blossom Health funding, we have an incredible number of girls that are developing literacy apps and games and even getting paid um, by online companies who are outsourcing their work to them. So this has been really a life-saving alternative to what would otherwise be early marriage in Afghanistan, where 35% of the girls get married before the age of 18. So we're really, really excited about all the work that the fellows are doing. Thank you. It's so inspirational. And kind of going off that note with the fellows, we talk a lot about um, sustainable finance and impact investing within our MBA program and how these different financial tools and vehicles be, can be a catalyst for change. So can you speak about how Blossom Hill selects these fellows, these projects and programs to invest in? Yeah, so we really do have a very rigorous process um, by which we measure you know, a fellow's, first and foremost, you need fellows with good character and uh, good leadership and their ability to implement their ideas. So really, first, we look at the person, even before we look at the idea, which may not seem intuitive. But really, you know, you want to invest in people that are committed, that um, are dedicated, that really have a plan instead of just a dream. And dreams are great, but they have to be executable. So we really measure when we when we uh, read the applications and then there's a first round and then, you know, obviously a second round of people who are interviewed and then it goes to the board. So it's really a very, very meticulous uh, process. And then, of course, we look at the um, quality of the idea. You know, is it sustainable? Is it replicable? Um, is it something that is truly a need or is it just nice to have? So I would say we're very rigorous about both qualitatively and quantitatively, you know, before we make an investment, really evaluating uh, the individual as well as the idea. Thank you, Shiva. And how does Blossom Hill evalu evaluate a fellow's impact, and how are those, you know, metrics communicated? Yeah, so, you know, we have three-month reports and nine-month reports, and in between, obviously, every single month, um, our deputy director is in touch with the fellows about their work. Um, so when a fellow reports back, you know, we look for things like, well, I'll go through the qualitative and quantitative things. So qualitatively, you know, you they will share stories, right? We have a child who came into this art therapy program completely unable to speak. I mean, just has seen so much war and trauma and violence, just unable to speak. But after six months of art therapy, dance therapy, music therapy, all these innovative ways that you can reach a, and start to heal a child, um, you know, we have a qualitative report that that child is now starting to blossom. And then, I mean, and I could go on and on about the qualitatives. And then, of course, there's quantitative data, right? So our fellows mm -hmm. are meticulous about um, assessing, you know, reading skills, math skills, and really figuring out kind of the before and after. So we had a fellow who had developed 
a literacy app. Well, she can easily track how they were reading before they got onto the app, um, and then she's able to assess a year later how they're reading once they have access to that app. So it's really important, I think, um, when you look to invest that, frankly, it's it's no different than the for-profit world, right? So if you're making an investment in a company, you want to believe in its leadership and its board of directors. You want to look at the qualitative um, you know, outcomes and impacts. And then, of course, you want the quantitative impacts. So we track both. We at Suncommon are really excited to be sponsoring the Impact Report. We love that this series is giving voice to all these great businesses with just and sustainable practices. We're striving to do the same. Suncommon is proud to be using our business as a force for good. So we're both a certified B Corp and a chartered benefit corporation. We started this company as a market solution to climate change. We were fed up of waiting for politics to catch up to the concerns of everyday Americans for their environment and future. We know that clean energy is where it starts, and we don't need anyone else to solve this problem. We each have the power to make changes ourselves. Solar energy is such a natural and easy answer. It's something you can do right now to reduce your own carbon pollution. It used to be out of reach for a lot of people, so our mission right away was tearing down the barriers to clean energy. We did the legwork to help folks go solar with no upfront cost, and a monthly payment at or below what they were paying their utility. Do the right thing and save money turned out to be pretty popular. We get to build a lot of clean energy and the planet is better for it. It's really wonderful being part of a community of more and more businesses asking the question, how can we do good in the world? With our product, with our business practices, with every decision our business makes, there's an opportunity to do more. We're trying to do our bit. Check out how we roll at suncommon.com. And I guess I want to move into just learning about or hearing about um, some of Blossom Hills or, or some of the high points of successes since Blossom Hills' inception. Well, it's really, um, it's interesting because I would say, you know, one would want to hang on to the numbers as, as a key measure of yeah. success, right? So we have reached, and we're really proud of it, over 56,000 children. And wow. we've invested um, wow. just about a million dollars in our fellows and in the program. So, you know, I'm in awe of that because we're so yeah, um, into the day-to-day work that it's really – incredible when even I stop to pause and say, wow, that's a lot of children whose lives have been impacted positively. So I'm thrilled about it and, of course, so grateful to our donors who have supported our work so that we can make these kind of investments. Um, but really, I, I'm so touched by the qualitative results. I mean, we have the privilege um, of being able to you know, hear about and talk to the beneficiaries of the investments that our donors make. And whether it is a girl who otherwise would have been married at 14, but is now earning income for her family by being able to use the coding skills that she learned. So, I mean, there's just so many ways that, that their lives have been improved. I mean, one of our students was talking to me about just a field trip that she took 
to a garden through one of the programs our fellows had put together. So it's an entrepreneurship program. Um, but, you know, they, they also do some yeah. fun, very, you know, nice bonding um, icebreakers. So they go to a garden, and she was saying that she was 14 years old, and she had never been able to go to a park, to an actual mm. park and observe nature and be in nature and be with her girlfriends because her parents in war-torn Afghanistan growing up just never felt like she was safe to go to a park. And so to be part of um, something like that meant so much to her. So I think that we just are very privileged. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is really hard work. And, um, you know, for every wonderful data point we get from the ground, from every qualitative story we get from the ground, there's heartbreak. I mean, we had one of our fellows um, about a month ago, we received an email that, you know, a ceremony that they were putting together for their students had to be delayed um, and when I asked why, he said, because my cousin was just killed in, um, you know, in, in an incident involving the Taliban. So these are the realities that our fellows are facing. Um, but, you know, we stay positive. We, we just, we view it as, you know, what would happen if Blossom Hill wasn't making these um, investments, right? So we just try to focus on the lives that we are able to change um, and, you know, doesn't offset uh, all the pain that is out there. But I think, uh, I think it's a drop in the bucket and eventually all those drops add up. Thank you for sharing. Um, and can you tell us, and I know you've kind of touched upon this, though, about some of the greatest um, opportunities you see and, and or challenges that Blossom Hill faces today? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the opportunities are that I think young people, I think this new generation um, looks for jobs in a totally different way than, frankly, even my generation did or the generation mm -hmm. before it. I think the new generation gets social impact. I think mm -hmm. they get innovation. I think they look for jobs that um, – have impact that that make the world a better place and so it's been really great to see that there's just more people applying so i think the opportunity is that there's still more people that could be applying right so we're always trying to reach out to mm -hmm. college campuses graduate programs um and by the way i mean the fellowship is certainly open to any age um in fact we have a professor right now at uc davis who's the fellow but i think we're just always continuing to look for opportunities to make sure that people know about the fellowship because you know there's an opportunity to earn and be funded for up to fifty thousand dollars a year if you've got a really great idea for a product a program um, or a project so those are the opportunities the challenges for us um really are just always in the area of fundraising. You know, there's so many wonderful causes out there, you know, whether you care about climate mm -hmm. or animals or cancer or, um, you know, there's just so many, you know, sexual violence, um, gun gun violence. There's, there's wonderful causes out there, the arts. Um, you know, we, the, the cause of refugees is one of many wonderful efforts um, you know, being led by wonderful nonprofit leaders out there every single day. So for us, we just always have to 
you know, make sure that we are focused on ensuring the sustainability of Blossom Hill by making sure that we constantly have, um, you know, a, a flow of donations in. And and what I'm really proud of is that our donations raised, range from, you know, $25 to $25,000 to $100,000. So, um, wow. We really are supported across the board, and, and there is no such thing as, as too small a donation. So we're always grateful for any amount. Thank you. I guess I would love to hear about what your vision is for Blossom Hill in five years or ten years' time. So um, I think we're, you know, really very excited and committed to this this model of funding fellowships for social entrepreneurs. I think five years from now, it would be wonderful to have, um, frankly, more of an endowment, more of a cushion, so that um, as administrators of, of the fellowship, we're not always having to run out and, you know, raise the next $500,000 because we've got a new class of fellows coming in. Um, so I think my vision is to continue to obviously attract you know, the most innovative minds and ideas to apply and to be able to fund them. And because we've decided that we're, you know, we really want to be sustainable with these programs, our fellows are eligible to renew year after year. So that is going to require more and more funding. Um, so the vision really five, ten years from now would be to just have, um, frankly, a, a, you know, an endowment large enough so that our main focus can frankly be to continue to find that latest, most brilliant idea and fund it, right? That's that's where we need mm-hmm. to spend our time um, and, and have a little bit less of this constantly having to, to fundraise for the next class of um, fellows. So that's the vision. We're working hard towards it. Amazing. And as like a nonprofit leader and founder, what advice would you give to MBA students that are nearing graduation and who have aspirations for social entrepreneurship or even business ownership? Yeah. Well, there's so many um, ways to go. I mean, I would say if, uh, you know, students about to graduate, there's so many opportunities in the nonprofit world. And I tell you, um, you can, you know, you can earn a salary in the nonprofit world. I I happen to not. um, But, but there's obviously so many ways to work for a nonprofit. Um, and I would say even if you have to start out interning as an unpaid um, individual, it's, there's really no better way to understand the ins and outs of a nonprofit in an area and a cause that you really care about than just diving right in. So I would definitely encourage that. Um, I think it's a wonderful industry. It is so collaborative. Um the nonprofit world, you know, we're all sort of in that same struggle. We're always trying to fundraise the most we can and, and uh, you know, have the most impact we can. So it's a very collaborative industry. I'm really proud to be a part of it. Um, and I think, you know, MBA students can look at B Corp models as well, um, where, you know, it, it's a for-profit yeah. venture with, with a huge social impact um, narrative to it. So um, there's just so many ways to go. Thank you. And I know we're nearing to an end here, but I would love to learn about how we could best support the important work that Blossom Hill does. 
Well, thank you for for asking that and and for your interest. Um, We really do rely on you guys to help get the word out there about the fellowship. Um, The application is online. Um, It is due at the end of March, so there's sort of plenty of time to take a look at the application. Um, you know, it does require recommendation letters and, and it's, you know, it's a thorough process, but I think we, you know, we try to open it up even earlier and earlier each year with the hope that it, it gives a lot of people opportunities to look at it. Um, and then, of course, anything you can do to help us fundraise. As I said, we are, you know, just so grateful for any amount of money. And so sometimes, You know, college students, graduate students uh, will put together a small fundraiser um, and, you know, work towards something. I mean, we've had everything done for Blossom Hill from a talent show, a faculty talent show. That's awesome. (laughs) um, At my children's school that raised a lot of money for Blossom Hill. We've had, uh, we had a teacher in Rye, New York, who put together an art exhibit of her students' work and sold the art and donated the money to Blossom Hill. Um, there's just so many creative ways for people to rally around the the cause of war refugee children. Um, and, and sadly, there's just too many of them. So anything you guys can do, um, of course, we are always grateful for. Thank you so much for uh, being here with us today, Shiva. Really appreciate your time and sharing Absolutely. the amazing work and inspirational work that, you know, Boston Hill does. You are very kind. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you for your interest. Thanks for, um, you know, giving giving really voice to the voiceless. I think uh, with our news cycles the way they are, I think the voices of these children who have frankly done absolutely nothing to deserve um, what has happened to them. They they have a right to play. They have a right to go to school. They have a right to go to bed at night and feel safe, and unfortunately, so so many of them don't. So any anything you are doing, we really appreciate, and thank you so much for giving voice to these children. It's a natural fit that we focus on the good that we can do for the environment with our business. We offer market solution for climate change, solar for home and business, solar heating and cooling for the home, electric car chargers, and community solar. But we don't stop there. Our buildings are some of the first net zero buildings in the Northeast and produce more energy than they consume. From our products, buildings, fleet, and how we care for our employees, we're using the power of business for good. Check out how we roll at suncommon.com. To learn more and support the work of the Blossom Hill Foundation, visit blossomhill-foundation.org. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, June 7th. We'll be speaking with Sarah Poole, CEO of Canvas. Bard MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at bard.edu/mba.